It's time for Nana and I with Amber MacArthur, Leo Laporte. What website, what iPhone application could possibly cause you to gain weight? This is not a weight loss program. This is 15 pounds like that. We'll talk about food spotting next on Nana and I. Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Audio bandwidth for Net at Night is provided by Winamp for Android, the ultimate media player for your desktop and Android device, featuring wireless sync. Download it free at winamp.com slash Android. Video bandwidth for Net at Night is provided by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This is Net at Night with Amber MacArthur and Leo Laporte, episode 184, recorded January 11th, 2011. Food spotting. Net at Night is brought to you by Ford and voice-activated sync, featuring true hands-free calling, turn-by-turn directions, 911 assist, and more. Available exclusively on Ford, Lincoln, and Mercury vehicles. And by Hover.com. Hover is domain name registration and management that's simple. For 10% off your new domain, go to night.hover.com. N-I-G-H-T dot H-O-V-E-R dot C-O-M. It's time for Nana Night from Petaluma, California, U.S. of A. I'm Leo Laporte. And I'm Amber MacArthur from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And I cannot do that thing with my eyebrows that you're doing. <laughs> I grow caterpillars there. It's Many a, talents. <laughs> Actually, uh, I think that I'm going to get those plucked later today so that they don't quite take over. You know, I'm doing, I won't be here next week. <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> I don't want to be the guy, you know that guy with the bushy eyebrows. You know no, that's like a character important. actor. Uh, yes, in my uh, neighborhood in Toronto, we have a place where all they do is eyebrows. It's called the Brow House, and they specialize in eyebrows. So um, I get it, Leo. It's a it's a good it's idea, and you know, it, 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 now I, apparently I have a Tintin forelock here. I don't know where that came from, but I'll have to get tan -tan? that. Yeah, Tintin. I'll have to get that fixed, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, but the eyebrows. I don't. I just don't want to be like you know the the guy with the big bushy eyebrows on yeah. the show. So. Yeah, that's smart. That's yeah, smart. Gonna do, I won't be here next Tuesday. I'm going to New York City to do uh, Regis and Kelly, uh, and I have gadgets galore that you know we collected at CES. It's a great time to do that show because you know I I I'll see hundreds of gadgets, so it's a a fairly easy thing to find something uh, cool and unique and interesting. I can't wait for you to be on the show. I have it in my calendar already, Thank Leo. You. And I think all of us, everybody who is uh, who either works on Twitter or who is a fan, we should all tweet to Regis and Kelly when you are on the show. Because <laughs> well, they would probably not experience you, such a wave of... <laughs> look, I know, really. They do have, a, I think it's Regis underscore and underscore Kelly. They finally did get a, a, a Twitter account. Thank goodness. Yeah, and they use it. I mean, I haven't checked for a while, but yeah, I tweet. think I follow them. They do use it quite often. By the way... Um, they're going to do two segments with me. So I'm going to do a live gadget segment, and then we're going to pre-tape a segment that will air the week of January 31st, in which I will teach Regis how to Twitter. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know that. That's I think you great. should come down for that, please. <laughs> Amber is, after that. all, the author of Power Friending. I, you know what? I'll tell you what. I'll give him this book. You should. You I'll should say, tell him he needs yeah. that book. I have another one. Uh, Marsha Collier wrote a book, Twitter for Seniors. Maybe I'll give him that. <laughs> he might not like that, but he's he's very much against uh, 
Well, I don't want to say technology, but he's a little skeptical. Here's what say. they wrote. Keep in mind, Regis has a hard time with cell phones, so you will have your hands full. <laughs> Maybe some type of cheat notes would work with pictures. <laughs> Obviously, he needs to learn. This is good. This is going to be a lot of fun. I, don't, I can only imagine what this is going to be like. I think you'll enjoy it, Leo. I think it will go over well. But I'm going to watch that. That sounds even more interesting. That'll be more gadgets, interesting. Now, be because we're pre-taping it, it won't be live. So I was thinking, well, this is a chance to do, you know, get Regis to tweet live. But it, but it'll be a, a run later. So I don't know what we're going to do about that. But we'll you should do like out. a twit pick or something for sure. You know, so. Oh yeah, I should show them how to do a picture. Yeah, that's a great that's idea. I think people, when I show people Twitter, I think they always get more out of it when you can take a picture and then tweet it out immediately, and people can comment on it. It's that whole. Um, instantaneous feeling of seeing yourself online that works. <laughs> if only there were an application where you could like go to a restaurant and take a picture of the food you're eating and tweet it and let the world know about it and like if you really liked it, it'd be almost like a little mini review. It'd be such a cool application, wouldn't it? What a great idea. Wouldn't kind of like Foursquare for foodies. Foursquare for foodies. And you could like, if you really like something, you could nom nom it not, you know, say nom nom nom. I love this. Nom, be, nom nom nom. Nom 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 nom. Uh, and, and, and I just, you know, I would subscribe to something like that. To. Hmm. I feel like right now, if people are listening, we need like those uh, <laughs> thought bubbles over our heads. <laughs> We're going to yes. talk to the founder of Food Spotting, which is exactly that in just a little bit. I'm going to say her name so you don't have to. Oh, yes. Uh, Alexa. That's what that's I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, she's coming on the show, and there's been lots of news about them recently. Uh, they just also raised uh, $3 million in venture capital, um, and they're, they're getting tons of new users, and I can't wait to chat with her because they really are a hot new site in 2011. They've been around for a bit, but uh, the past few weeks, they've experienced a lot of buzz. Well, it's kind of not a surprise because it combines the best elements of Twitter, Foursquare, TwitPic, too, I guess you'd have to include because you, you post a picture of it or Instagram. Uh, I've been a member for some time. I really love it. If you're a foodie, stay tuned. We'll talk to the founder of Food Spotting, Alexa. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try it, and I think I can do it. You can do it. Anderjevsky, I believe. Oh, huh. good. See, that wasn't so hard. <laughs> She'll Unless let us I'm know. completely wrong. Before we get to that, though, we should absolutely talk a little bit about the news of the net. What's going on out there? Yeah, you know, um, I just read a bunch of headlines about MySpace laying off almost 50% oh, of their staff. They, the, the, this was the rumor, so it actually happened. It actually happened. Uh, so about 500 employees are affected by this layoff. And it's really funny because yesterday I logged into my MySpace account for the first time, Leo, in months and months and months. And then I logged out right away because I was so horrified by all the spam in my inbox. And um, I will say, though, you know, they did do a redesign, I think, last fall. And uh, it, it looks better. The site definitely looks It looks, looks like better. Facebook a little bit. Yeah, it looks a little nicer. And I mean, I think they're trying to really focus on that entertainment market among younger users. So focus on the music market, which is kind of how they started um, and music and videos and TV, but with, uh, you know, a, a younger audience than is on Facebook. So um, hopefully they pull through. Um, I don't know what your experience has been like, but I, I literally haven't used MySpace or thought about it for, I want to say years. I think it's where, where all many of us had accounts. I mean, my, my first social network was Friendster because that was the first one really that came out. Uh, but I, I made a MySpace page when MySpace became uh, popular and um, loathed it. My kids both used it. And I said, can't you tell what a horrible... You know, you'd customize user, your user interface by putting arbitrary HTML code in your profile. 
Yeah. Like pasting it into your profile text, and then that would suddenly change your page. I said, can't you tell? And they said, no, no, it seems good to us. And so it just shows you kids today, they don't know good. They can't tell. But uh, it, eventually it, it just became obvious when, when Facebook came along and the, the, there was something better. The, both kids are now on Facebook and not on MySpace anymore. Uh, although it took Henry a long time. He only gave up MySpace a few months ago. Okay. Yeah, you know, I thought about getting rid of my account altogether. I thought, I'm surprised you still have it. Well, I went in to delete it yesterday, and then I thought to myself, maybe I shouldn't because, like I said, the design was much better. The whole user experience was a little bit better, and I thought, well, what if they have a comeback right. <laughs> in a year, and I still want to have my account there? So I just decided to let it sit, which, uh, you know, of course means crazy maintenance once I log back in there because of all the messages. And well, there's and another good reason to do it, and that is because uh, then you at least have your flag in the sand that this is my page. So, you know, you don't want somebody to steal your page. That's a mistake I met, made when I left Twitter. I joined Twitter in the, in the December 2006, but quit in uh, uh, April 2007, or maybe it was, uh, yes, early 2007, came back a few months later, and uh, but I foolishly gave up my account, so I had to kind of get my account back, and it was kind of a problem. Yeah, that's a bit of a pain. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. It's better to just Keep kind of account. sit on it a little bit. Yeah, you're not using it. Yeah, there's it. no harm. It doesn't, it's no. A, it doesn't take up any space. Yeah, so uh, unfortunate for the 500 people who have been laid off. But, that's uh, sad. I feel bad for them. Yeah. A lot of people, you know, and, and MySpace at one point, I think, was definitely the, the leader in social networking. And there was, you know, oh, yeah, they were the so guys. stories about it. They, yeah, they were the kind of the hot sites to go to. They're the first ones who you think of like the MySpace profile picture when everybody has their head turned up. Angles, and, you know, the MySpace angles. Angles and all those photos and is it taking pictures in the mirror. Right. You know, they were kind of the, the uh, originators of all of that. Um, and, uh, yeah, unfortunately, Facebook what do you think they did wrong? Was it just because it was a bad neighborhood? I mean, that's kind of what you just described. I went back there and, oh, it was a bad neighborhood. Was that it what, got what trashy really fast? Yeah. I think, unfortunately, that's what I found about the site is that there were really no rules as far as engaging. There was no consistency as far as the entire design. Um, and so you could sign up kind of as anyone, whereas Facebook, I mean, they tried and still do to really restrict how you can sign up for an account. You know, you have to be an individual and they try to, you know, make people sign up for the account versus just, you know, you having a bunch of different random accounts. So um, I think uh, they, you know, MySpace just didn't protect that at all. And they just let people go crazy. And when you have no rules, that's what happens is um, the site becomes a little bit uh, um, unsavory, yeah. <laughs> if yeah. I can say. Yeah. It's a, probably an object lesson for any uh, web uh, entrepreneur to, to kind of look carefully. What what went wrong? What could you not, what could you avoid? What could you not do? I mean, uh, by the way, Facebook, no, they're not shutting down March 15th. Just thought you'd be interested. Now, what was that all about? <laughs> it was a Twitter rumor that uh, just shows you uh, you know, there you've got to do some some basic sanity checks, some fact checking. Twitter just took half a billion dollars of investment from Goldman Sachs. Uh, they were they are valued at fifty billion dollars. I mean MySpace. I mean Facebook. <laughs> Where are we? Facebook. Fifty five hundred million dollar investment. Fifty billion dollars net worth based on that investment. I just heard they crossed six hundred million users. Yeah, oh yeah, they're going to shut down March 15th. It's yeah. such a flop. Who would believe that? Apparently, a lot of people did. I didn't even include it in the headlines. So I saw it everywhere, and I'm thinking, who would believe that in the first place? That's Maybe ridiculous. people didn't believe it. They just thought it was funny to pass it on. Yeah, that's probably true. Kind of dumb. Maybe it was April 
Fool's Day or something. But other than that, I don't think I'd believe in that rumor at all. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I think I think Facebook can declare victory now that MySpace is really. I mean, laying off half your employees is pretty much saying we're done. Be significant. Yeah. We're done. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, another headline, uh, Google is launching an online science fair. And this is kind of neat. It's for teenagers to go online and compete with people in other countries around the world. So essentially, they're asking students to uh, use Google documents to present their science um, their science fair entry. And um, they're doing experiments in one of 11 suggested areas. And then there's judges who are going to record their observations and uh, vote on the best uh, experiment. Um, you know what's so great about this is it also, and I think, they, I think this probably is the reason Google's doing it, it teaches uh, people scientific method because they've given you a rubric so you can very easily see what you need to do. Step one, about me. Step two, the question, pose the question. Step three, uh, hypothesis. So this teaches you scientific method, which I think is great. I think the research is step four. Uh, experiment is step five. And you, you need to, if you're going to submit, data is step six. Go through these steps in order, observations, conclusion, and then work cited. I think this is a, a teaching thing for Google. I think it's fantastic. And, yeah. I, and I think that there are a lot of schools who will want to do this. And a lot of kids I who maybe aren't totally. in school who will want to do it. It's great for homeschoolers, too. I, I think it really inspires kids to get interested in science. And um, I think back to having science fairs in schools and how much fun that was. And it's neat to see um, this come out where people can really compete internationally because that was never the case obviously when I was younger uh, you're competing just within your school region so I'm excited to see what people what experiments some of these kids come up with and I mean I think it's a given that they're going to come up with some pretty amazing projects especially because they have such a huge group of students who will potentially participate it's really neat I think this is really a great idea thank you Google for doing this you know my daughter is in college right now she's taking a course required brand new required of all freshmen at her school it, they call it citizen science because the president of the school, Leon Botstein, says uh, we've got a generation that doesn't understand science, scientific method, and in order to be a good citizen, you need to so that you could have, you don't have to be a scientist, but you need to understand how this stuff works. Uh, she's loving it. They're learning uh, epidemiology. They're using uh, infectious disease as an example of how to, and that's exactly what this does, by the way, teaches people the method behind science. Leo, I was thinking of Abby today because I was on YouTube and someone sent me a link to a video where there was a bunch of young French students who were looking at, it was kind of an experiment where people brought in these old gadgets and electronics and they put them in front of these students to get these students to try to guess what they are. <laughs> like things like an 8-track or some of the early Nintendo games. Uh -huh. And uh, for one of the, uh, I think it was a, I don't know what gaming um, device it was, but one of the kids said they thought it was a taser. They had no idea what any of the th these things were, yeah. like records. And yeah. it was so funny to watch, yeah. but it was all in French and it just reminded me of Abby. And I should send you a link to it. I, I think it's a, uh, I was talking to Richard Hart. I don't know if people remember Richard Hart. He was the host of uh, The Next Step uh, and as a CNET host for many years. He was a tech journalist, retired, and uh, is now teaching media and television to students at the Academy of Art College in San Francisco. And I said, oh, it must be great, Richard, to have this kind of tech-savvy group of kids. And he said, you know, you'd be surprised. Our generation, because we grew up, maybe even more so than your generation, Amber, because we grew up in a world that went from zero to 60 in tech. It went from 
you know, is, you know, giant big iron to personal computers and then mobile. We see it as wonders and amazing, and we learn how to use it. He said they take it for granted, and so they don't really learn how to use it. They don't really know how to use it. It's just part of their life. Yeah, so they don't think about it at all. They don't right? think about it at all, and as a result, they're not enthusiasts. Yeah, I could see that. Definitely. I mean, there's obviously some. We have quite a few young people who watch this, and uh, and obviously there's kids doing uh, a lot of great stuff, a lot of new entrepreneurs and so forth. But but you would think that that, your, that whole young generation would be tech savvy. They're not. Yeah. Not even close. Yeah, they just take some of the stuff for granted, you know, it just sort of exists around exactly. them. Exactly. So, so that's, yeah. that's kind of uh, uh, was a revelation to me. So follow Graham. Boy, we hardly knew ye. That went fast. I know. I didn't even hear about it until I read this headline. So for people out there who use Instagram, and I know both Leo and I are fans, uh, great for the iPhone 4 to take pictures, add filters, and then share them with other Instagram users. However, there's no web interface for Instagram, which is very frustrating because you always want a place to go and, and look at your photos online. So this is where Followgram stepped in and provided that web interface so people could go and they could view Instagram photos. It However, just it filled like a need. I mean, when we talked to Kevin at Instagram, hmm. we said, when are you going to do a web? He said, we'll do one but uh, they they haven't done it yet it's taking a long time i mean right now i mean you can see a single image on instagram but you can't go say you can't say let's uh, let's go to the web and see all of leo's pictures or anything like that no i find that frustrating it's very frustrating. So Fologram stepped in and tried to uh, fill this void, and uh, they were shut down. Um, so uh, they by Instagram. I don't know. It's kind of vague as far as uh, who shut them down, but uh, I would suspect it was Instagram, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm now Fologram says we'll be back when there's an API. Hmm. But um, you know, right now you have to get the iPhone. There's not even an Android app yet, and there's no web interface. It's all on the if you don't have an iPhone. Uh, you, you can't participate. I guess, you know, that in some ways that's, a, I guess, a good thing. I don't know. It just seems odd. I don't know. I just, I guess with Instagram, the one thing that I think is that they're really kind of riding a wave right now. You know, they, they for the past few months, they've been pretty popular and there's a lot of um, buzz around them. And it just seems like the perfect time to kind of yeah. embrace that and get a web interface. Because I know I've kind of um, not been using them as much because unless I'm, I have my phone right there, there's no way for me to really, you know, go and look through my photos and share those photos. And I, I just feel like that's a huge part of what that service should have. Well, uh, Instagram apparently does plan to launch an API and a web interface of their own. Um, but uh, at the same time, you know, I'm a little, I'm a little disappointed. And, and you, you're right. You've got to catch the wave when you can. Yeah, because then, you know, all of a sudden there's another new app out there that is just... Right. Maybe that's what they didn't want. Maybe they thought this could have been a new app. <laughs> Maybe that's what scared them. Yeah, that's possible too. Yeah. You know, maybe more people would go to that. But right. um, nonetheless, uh, Fologram for anyone who was using it is now pulled offline. So you won't mm. be able to try that out anymore. No more Fologram. No more Fologram. <laughs> the world's and coming. This is a big anniversary. Yes, it is. Um, I was tweeting before the show and Dana Brunetti, who we've had on the show, he was the producer for The Social Network, uh, sent us a link, or not a link, uh, uh, just a little note telling us that today, seven years ago today, Mark Zuckerberg registered the Facebook.com. Wow. Yes, the early days of Facebook. I just can't believe it was only seven years. You know, it just, it, it seems like it should be so much more, there should be so much more time. But um, it was only seven years ago when Facebook was just kind of a, a dream in someone's Seven head. Seven years ago. 
in a way that seems like a long time because Mark seems so young and Facebook seems so new. But in the same way, it's a very short time for a company to be worth fifty billion dollars. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> a lot has happened, right? Wow, that's really cool. And in some ways, they've really, you know, changed the way that people are obviously communicating. It's funny. I mean, everywhere I go, like even if I'm not immersed in the tech community, I have a friend who lives nearby and she was talking about being on Facebook and, you know, relationships and so many relationships either flourish or, um, you know, they end up getting destroyed on Facebook. And you just realize what an impact that site has on people's lives. Yeah. It's phenomenal, you know. It truly is. The really fa it. was the Facebook, and I, I I never knew this, but if you go to thefacebook.com, it puts you in Facebook. They still own it. Oh, they still own it. Good yeah. for them. We're going to get our guest on in uh, just a little bit. We will talk to uh, Alexa Andrzejewski. See if I'm getting that right. That's probably wrong. I can't uh, wait to chat with you. She's the founder of Food Spotting. We'll talk to her in just a moment. Before we do, though, I would like to say hello to my friends at Ford. They were so great for us. They they took us to a CES the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, Nevada. Paid for our coverage there. If you enjoyed it, thank Ford for that. And, uh, of course, they made a pretty darn big announcement uh, while they were there, which is very cool. They, uh, they announced the first electric... Actually, it's not their first electric vehicle, but their first consumer electric vehicle, uh, the Ford Electric Focus, which will be available next year and uh, is going to absolutely, and no doubt in my mind... Be my next car but i'll tell you what i wouldn't these days consider a car after driving my mustang for a couple of years with that didn't have the incredible ford sync or the my ford touch i think this is a technology that is transformative and i'm a huge fan i want you to invite i want to invite you to go to sync I'm typing it in right now sync my ride podcast.com and take a look that is what, what is indubitably, in my mind, the best connectivity system. Well, my spelling is terrible. I'm trying to spell it on the fly, and I put a it's W It's hard to there. spell and talk. It is. So I'm going to stop talking for a moment. There. <laughs> <laughs> for Just for a moment, and there it is. That looks like it's right. Yeah, syncmyridepodcast.com. Uh, you'll see the videos there, but let me just give you a kind of a verbal description of what it does. It's hands-free calling, so that means... the whole Look, the whole premise behind this is we want to stay connected to the outside world. We want to dial friends we want to listen to music we want to listen to pandora if we uh, as we drive down the road but but we don't you know it's dangerous to fiddle with your phone and do all that i mean it always makes me scared when i see people doing that if i see somebody even holding their phone i, I kind of stay away from them on the street oh the so do i yeah nerve-wracking so the idea is we want to keep your hands on the wheel and your eyes on the road but yet you don't want to be disconnected and this is where sync my ride uh, sync uh, ford sync and my ford touch is amazing uh, you keep your hands on the wheel, you press a button on the wheel, and you say, call Amber MacArthur at home, and it does the dialing. Or you say, uh, navigation, uh, take me to the nearest Denny's. Do you have Denny's? The nearest Tim Hortons. Uh, I think we might. Maybe. I don't know. I've never I've, <laughs> take I me, haven't been there. Tim <laughs> take, Hortons. Yeah, take me let's to, stick with that. To, international House of Pancakes. Everyone has that. It's international. No, and, I have. <laughs> and it'll, it'll take you there. It'll even reroute you if there's traffic. Personalized traffic alerts. 911 assist. This is not frivolous. This is serious. If your airbags deploy, it calls 911, sends them your GPS coordinates, feeds them a message, gives you a chance to talk. That's a real safety feature. Sync is available exclusively on Ford, Lincoln, and Mercury vehicles. You can make calls on most Bluetooth-enabled phones. In fact, on a couple of my phones, including my Droid X and my Windows 7 phone, 
when a text message comes in, it notifies me and reads it to me. Ooh, that's cool. So I don't, I you, need you know, that. don't you know you, you, you got a text and you want to look? You don't have to. Just go read it to me. It reads it. It even has canned responses you can send without ever taking your hands off the wheel. Music and podcast search and most MP3 media players because it has a USB port. Um, I, I just, I'm a big fan. If you want to try it out, the best way to do it, well, there's two ways. Go to SyncMyRidePodcast.com. You'll see videos and so forth. Really, the best way to do it is go to your Ford, Lincoln, or Mercury vehicle and test drive Ford Sync. I won't get a car without it. I really won't. And I can't wait to get that new uh, electric focus. I'm so excited. It's going to be a while. Right. Yeah, I need, you know what, I need to get sync in my next car too. I'm committed now after Good. listening to you every week. <laughs> no, and it's true. And, uh, you, you know, I, you will you will be the judge, but I think you will tell me, uh, wow, this is great. And, I've yeah. you know, the, the other companies now are starting to say, like Toyota just said, oh, we're going to do that. Yeah. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> yeah, we could do that. <laughs> I have a Toyota. I can't wait to get rid of it. It's got the worst in-car stuff. It's got the big nav screen and everything, and it's the worst. You can't. My wife can't figure it out. I can't figure it out. If I can't figure something out, you know it's bad. <laughs> That's a bad. I mean, this song. is what I do, and I couldn't figure it out. Uh, let's get to Alexa on the line. We can ask her in person how she spells. Okay, it. Leo. I just have to go under my computer here and plug my computer in because I, I I forgot to. I want to run out of juice. Plug your computer in. So as Amber disappears, hold on. We will get Alexa on the line. Great back, just climbing underneath the desk. <laughs> Actually, I really should watch this, shouldn't we? The amazing disappearing Amber MacArthur. Hi. Hey, Alexa. Thanks for waiting for us. We appreciate your patience. Hey, Hi, Alexa. Great to be on. Great to meet you. Okay. This isn't some type of weird show where like I'm crawling all around. Hey, there's a reason Amber disappeared. All right, now I'm going to try this. Andrzejewski. That's probably really close to the Polish pronunciation. Oh, how do you pronounce it? We say Andrzejewski. Just to make it easy. Just to make it easy. <laughs> I don't blame you. It's not. It's your. It's not your maiden name. Uh, it's not. But my you, maiden name was Weber. You inherited that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, congratulations on food spotting. What a success this has proven to be, and and rightly so. Was it your idea? Uh, yes, it was inspired by traveling to Japan, I guess almost two years ago now, uh, learning about all these different odd foods there and uh, uh, learning about Osaka cuisine in particular and uh, coming back to San Francisco trying to find some of these foods. Um, and so I, I came back and I realized there wasn't really an easy way to search for a food uh, like okonomiyaki that I discovered there. And I came up with the idea to create essentially like a Yelp for dishes, a way for people to rate dishes instead of just restaurants. Uh, and that's kind of how it all began. So it's uh, it's dish-focused, not venue-focused. Right, exactly. So the idea was that instead of rating the place, which can have you know many factors contributing to your experience, uh, it's people rating the food. So if you're looking for the best of a certain dish, uh, with Foodspot, you can find out what that is. Where's the best ramen or where's the best uh, New York-style pizza? Um, and we use kind of a really simple rating system, which we call a NOM, which is like a blue ribbon. <laughs> um, and people, you know, it's nice to like dig for food in that way so people can simply vote up the foods that they've That's tried right. and they love. So I'm looking, and by the way, I love this. On the front page, there's a, a map that shows the best, the latest, the people you're following. Because it's just like Twitter, you can follow people, right? Yeah, so if you have someone that you trust for food recommendations or uh, if there's a celebrity chef, like we have Marcus Samuelson on there, oh. who's a celebrity chef. Um, and No Reservations from Anthony Bourdain, the show is on there. Uh, you can follow all of them to see recommendations, not just from other people and other users, but from experts. 
Um, we're really excited about that idea of being like this one-stop shop yeah. for recommendations from everybody. So what's fun is you, you zoom in on the map. If you go to foodspotting.com, you don't even need to have an account to do this. And you see something interesting. You click it. Swiss burger with thyme mushrooms at Norman Rose Tavern. It's going to make you really hungry. Leo. Oh, That's my <laughs> goodness. Oh, my goodness. It is. Because, and, and people are actually, it's interesting because people are, I noticed as food spawning has matured, getting better and better at their food photography. Yeah, so we have some people that have their kind of dedicated food lenses. If you get one of those little short 50 Oh, they're using the macros. Oh, that explains it. Amazing food photos. Yep. <laughs> That totally uh, that's one thing I really love about the site is that, like Leo mentioned, you're, it seems like you're using really great features from, you know, sites like Twitter. And then there's sort of a bit of a Foursquare element. Then we have Google Maps. I mean, it really is using all of these um, great technologies in some way. Are these great? It's almost um, a mashup, tools. isn't it? Yeah, it's like almost like a mashup to create this whole new site with this entirely new community out there. Yeah, I mean, there, when we, we saw it as there was no reason to reinvent the wheel. Um, and also, we tap into a lot of existing APIs. For example, we're not a check-in app ourselves. So when you post your food, you can check in on Foursquare. You can share your photo there. And we're not a photo sharing app by itself. So you can share your photos out on Twitter or any social network. Um, it was really important to us to just be integrated with what people were doing already. It's an interesting way to combine something that's super granular. It's not even a restaurant. It's a dish. So it's so granular and yet make it more universally usable. I love yeah, that. Yeah, so the idea was that like it can really be just an easy way to find a restaurant, even though we're focusing right. on the dishes. When you just turn on the iPhone app especially and the Android app, which we have in beta right now, you immediately see pictures of food that are around you, uh, foods that are around you. And it's just an easier way to find food that's almost like walking by a bakery window and being like, oh, that looks good. I think I'll try that. Yeah. Um, are you finding, because I know this happens a lot with uh, a lot of new sites out there, that sometimes the community starts to drive the direction of the site. That's what's you know, happened they, with Instagram, for sure. Yeah, they come up with new uses for it and new ideas. Are you finding that the community is kind of taking it in one direction where it's evolving? I think um, one of the things, yeah, it's definitely, there's we're always learning things from our users. Um, I mean, one of the elements that uh, emerged over the past year was kind of the scavenger hunt aspect and people completing certain collections of food or trying to spot all of the foods at a certain restaurant that they love. Um, and that's something that like we saw early on people were into and really tried to build into the site um, and into the app. So in the app, there's what we call guides, which are basically checklists of foods to try. Um, and what was interesting was not just how individuals were using these guides, but how restaurants and how publishers were interested in using these guides. Um, for like a restaurant, for example, one here called Nambe, they created a bunch of guides to their menu, like their late night eats and their sake list and published them as guides. Mm. Um, and then people could, and then they offered like a free glass of sake for spotting all of the things oh. on their guide. Oh, that's and great. And so like, that was really interesting to see, you know, they're basically using it like a traditional punch card, loyalty card, mm. um, only the picture is the proof, which is all the better for them too, because when they punch the card, you're not sharing that with anybody. But when they're taking a photo, they're actually evangelizing your food all throughout the web. And so it's been really interesting to see how, um, you know, restaurants have kind of embraced it and just done experimental things with the guides. I wonder if people are going into restaurants as well and, you know, they've seen a picture of a, a dish or, you know, a certain dessert and they're going in after they've seen this and saying, Oh, I do that know, all the time. <laughs> like this pork loin sandwich at uh, the Petaluma Deli and Barbecue. I can't wait. 
<laughs> Just go in and say, I want this exact I want that thing. one. I, that I, one. I saw it on yeah. Food Spot. Yeah, I mean, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Definitely, I've these. definitely gone to restaurants. Some of the restaurants, of course, change their menu every night. So, I mean, the time-based element is right. important. But I've gone right. in and been like, oh, I really want this. Do you have anything please, like this? Please, you have any <laughs> left? I love it. Yes. That's really cool. I really think it's a great idea. I think um, some of the most fun has been, like, discovering foods I never would have thought existed. Um, like lobster mac and cheese or mm. deep fried pickles or deep fried anything. Like if you look for deep fried on food spotting, it's always a humorous experience. Um, <laughs> but it's funny to find like the different and just cultural mashups, you know, Japanese hot dogs and um, interesting things like that. And the discovery aspects become more and more important to us um, because we realize it's people sharing interesting finds. Mm. So uh, you just got a uh, round of uh, financing. I know that I think there's six people at your company right now. What are your Six? Plans? Really? Is that all? Wow. I love these early stage I know, companies. It's, quite, it's amazing. It always blows small. my mind. Yeah. Yep, what are your yep. plans to kind of grow? So, our, I mean, we're, our focus really is on scaling up the um, user base to be not like we really want to reach beyond just foodies. We don't want to be a social network or a, for foodies or a niche social network. We really want Everybody who is looking for food, whether they're a traveler and they're going to a hotel um, and they're asking frontiers, you know, what should I eat around here? We want everyone to know that food spotting is an easy way to do that. Um, and so we're really focusing on reaching consumers by uh, building up more partnerships with, with, with hotels, with local businesses, with food brands to get the word out about food spotting, to sponsor more of these scavenger hunts and things like that. Um, so we're definitely going to be focusing on our ramping up our business development efforts uh, we're also going to be building up the development team because we really have this vision of food spotting becoming like the Pandora for food. Mm. Where Because it's so focused on discovery and already just when you turn it on, you're seeing a stream of things you might not have discovered otherwise. And there's that serendipity aspect. But we'd like to make it kind of smarter and smarter serendipity. So the more that you interact with it, the more you, you know, we know that you're bookmarking pork loin sandwiches, the more pork things we can put in front of you. Um, and, you know, convert you into eating more pork or whatever it is. And I think that... <laughs> I, I hope like Leo had, had something to eat before the show. Yeah, now I'm starving, <laughs> I have to admit. You know, it's an interesting challenge, though, because um, there is kind of check-in check fatigue. I mean, I've got Gowalla, Foursquare, <laughs> food spotting, uh, Instagram. And do, do you find that people use all of them or that they, they eventually settle on food spotting and make that their Foursquare check-in app? And and how do you foresee that shaking out? Because clearly they can't all survive. Right. I mean, I think we try to play up that we're easier than writing a long review right. uh, on a traditional re review site, right? Um, with food spotting, it's like you're, you, it's easier to recommend something that you like. Um, and to, you know, we're hoping that by, in, like with Instagram, for example, they were immediately out the door integrated with you know, eight different services or something. Right. And, you know, in the same way, you know, we want to partner with these other sites to not replicate what they're doing That's well. That's a good idea, right. Because with Foursquare, I mean, it's about sharing photos of the whole experience. And for us, um, you know, it's really about sharing a food that you recommend. And those tips then go to Foursquare. Um, and if you bookmark something on food spotting, it becomes a to-do on Foursquare. And so we're always trying to find the logical integration points. Right. Um, and that will hopefully kind of create a loop too. So if you check into a place on Foursquare and you see tips from food spotting, um, it re might remind you that you can check food spotting to find out what you should eat at that venue um, and what it all looks like. So right now I'm connected on my food spotting account to my Flickr account, to my Foursquare account, to my Facebook account, to my Twitter account. I mean, that pretty much covers the, 
the <laughs> waterfront right there. Yeah. But I suppose it'd be kind of nice if I could also Instagram it at the same time as I food spotted it. Right. Yeah, I know. We've definitely, uh, been, yeah, we definitely would love that too. I would think too that, you know, businesses, restaurants, bakeries, they will probably drive to the direction uh, in terms of where you're going. Because, uh, you know, if you think that they're, they're latch on to the idea of, you know, offering discounts or deals for people who take pictures and share those pictures or whatever it might be. And there's a real opportunity there for you guys to make money, for them to gain new customers and for that kind of That's you know, right. win for everyone. Right. Look yeah, at this. For small businesses, I mean, oh, I was going to say a lot of the appeal Go is ahead. the positive aspect of food spotting, that it's not people rating places that they didn't like it's people recommending things they did like yeah they rarely say i hated something yeah i mean we even encourage people to only share a food if they right, recommend it right. like the idea is really people sharing location-based recommendations um mm -hmm. and i feel like that positive aspect really gives it um, a lot of appeal to small businesses here's a cool one this is uh, the ultimate trail of nachos in new york city Yum. see i'm going to new york next week so now if i really uh, if i i <laughs> could be crazy could really how many nachos can i eat look at that because. there's quite a few actually <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic i love this i love that created idea. by a nacho blogger um and nacho you know, blog. <laughs> of course what else <laughs> right to see kind of a lot of these like food experts there's cupcakes take the cake is on there oh i love uh, cupcakes yep Yep, they've created a couple of guides, I think, to Chicago cupcakes. My wife is going to add this site to the blocked sites on OpenDNS because I'm not going <laughs> to be allowed to go. I joke about the food <laughs> yeah. spotting 15. You go there to daydream, Leo, you know. The food spotting 15, those are the 15 pounds you gain from using food spotting. <laughs> yes, exactly. And if you work great. here, it's maybe double. <laughs> so people can follow you uh, just as uh, they would follow you on Twitter uh, or Instagram. Yeah. And you could follow them back. It's kind of, it's... Which is nice. You don't. It's not an automatic link. You decide whether you want to follow them back. And what's even more unique is you can actually follow foods. So if you love oh. pizza, if you love oh, uh, I do love pizza. Wine, you can follow those things <laughs> as well. Um, you can follow uh, types of food too, like how, deep fried food. How, how do I do that? Do I search okay. for a pizza and then follow so it? If you, yeah. So if you go to any food page, if you go to the pizza page or the margarita pizza page, uh, you can page, say follow. Follow button. <laughs> And you can follow venues as well, which I think will be interesting to see, you know, um, if a lot of people are following a certain venue, that venue might want to post their uh, blue plate specials every day or, you know, keep uh, the stream up to date more. And it could be an interesting way to communicate with people when they're hungry uh, and reach hungry people, which is a great audience and a, like a very focused audience to have. Now, currently, the all-time top food spotter is a guy named Randy F., who has 105,000 points. Do you know this guy? We have. He came to our, uh, our <laughs> housewarming party here in San Francisco. And, uh, he, yeah. must, he must have been a very early adopter. I mean, he must take a picture of everything he ever eats. He, look, look, I would look at his expert titles. So in Foods Body, you can become experts in certain foods. So if you scroll down, uh, you'll see all of his different expert titles. Right, right, right. Oh, he's and, got a uh, lot of good... It's, okay, so... <laughs> it's amazing how many things he's an expert in and the badges that he's gotten. Seafood, soups, sushi, dessert, beef, fish, noodles, chicken. So this is another... Levels, so those are all platinum level. If you scroll down, then there's also gold, silver, and oh bronze Oh, my levels. God. This guy's out of control. <laughs> so you have achievements, and I, that obviously is the key to a, a lot of these kinds of sites, uh, the achievements. People, In fact, I noticed Ford in its new... Uh, application for its electric car is going to have achievements uh -huh. for good drivers, oh. you know? It, we like achievements, don't we? Yeah, and I think for food people who, I mean, this is something that we saw people, like, even when we were testing the idea of food spotting, bragging about, they're like, you know, hey, I've tried every grilled cheese in the city, or I am the nacho expert. Right. You know, I'll totally be the nacho expert on your site. Uh, we're like, yeah, if you're the nacho expert, why don't you prove it? 
Um, <laughs> Eat some <laughs> nachos and take a picture. You know, what's interesting about this this crazy guy who has spotted 2,431 different... He's a very good photographer. He must be using one of those special lenses on his yeah, there's phone. Yeah, there's a mix. There's iPhone photos, too, clearly. Yeah. Uh, but look photos. at this. I mean, this guy... They're beautiful. I don't think he picture. actually he doesn't, even, doesn't even have an iPhone. I forgot about oh, that. Oh, that's interesting. So he's <laughs> uploading them. And you could do this, by the way. He's uploading them. To, he's getting home and uploading them. Yeah, I mean, having the web experience for Foods Bunny was really important to us, too. I like um, that. I have to that. say, I really admire that you did that. And it's one of the things we've complained about Instagram. It, but you can you can really have that web experience, and I think that was a smart thing for you to do. It makes a big difference. Well, part of this, too, is we really want food spotting to be for everyone. And we know, like, a lot of people, um, you know, my parents' generation, uh, my parents are from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. They don't, you know, they mostly make food decisions by going to the web and researching right. in advance. And a lot of people still do that. And if you're going to a hotel, you know, you log on, you go to the hotel Wi-Fi portal, and you're looking for food from there. And that's how a lot of people still make decisions. A lot of people still use, you know, books and local guides like that. Um, so, you know, we partner with Zagat, for example, to take some of their uh, recommendations and put them on our on food spotting as well. Um, but really trying to reach that mass market audience, um, the people who love Anthony Bourdain and the Travel Channel, right. for example. I can't it seems like a great way to explore a new city. You know, I just oh, you know yeah. now I'm thinking the next city I go to, I'm just going to go to food spotting and check out all the pictures of food and just be like, I want that and that and <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. It is really interesting because it brings out the characteristics of neighborhoods and areas, too. Um, you know, if you jump over to Tokyo or if you go down to South Africa, um, you can explore, you can really can explore the world through food and a lot of culture is expressed through food. Um, I think that's part of why people love to share food in particular so much because it's a reflection of you. It's a reflection of your culture, right. um, even your neighborhood, um, you know, the mission district, what's it known for and right. what's this other, you know, the Richmond known for in San Francisco and every neighborhood has its unique foods. And there's almost this like mental map in my mind of like, how I see San Francisco by the foods that I can find in various neighborhoods. Now you're allowed to uh, to food spot a menu, or I guess he just attaches it to a particular food. Yeah, was, yeah he, that's his foie gras sighting. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually helpful. I mean, we've. I love the menus. Menu I think you need a menu spotting, category. Yeah, menu spotting badge. Yeah, would you do that? It's helpful. So yeah, we thought about that. Just having like a menu spotting, menu tag or a menu here or there. Good idea. And we have thought about, you know, expanding to beyond, and people spot things not just at restaurants, but at local retailers, like bakeries and um, oh, sure. specialty food stores sure. and things like that. And that's really interesting too. Um, you know, even at all, Whole Foods, you know, there's things you can find at one, but not another. Um, and so like, it's interesting to see the different, like kind of the broadening of food spotting beyond just restaurant food. Well, Alexa, I just uh, we just love this. I wish you the best. This is a always loved this application, and now it makes me want to get a better camera and take better food pictures and compete too. with Randy F, who's only been doing it for two years. <laughs> going down, Leo. Loud. I'm gonna take him down. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm going to South America. I want to go to. I'm, I'm going to go to Buenos Aires, and I'm going to definitely look at the foods there. And it's, you really do have, if you look at the map, a completely international. It's funny to watch the uh, foods move across the world as the time zone shifts. Oh, yeah, I bet. We always have this up at work, and you, know, it's, you can see what time of day it is by the foods being spotted. In many ways, this is a second-generation social network, or third or fourth. I mean, you've got kind of the, the Twitter vision map going here. You've, <laughs> you've got the, the pictures, the TwitPix slash Instagram pictures. I'm thrilled to hear that you've got an Android coming along. I'm going to sign up for that. Uh, yeah, the beta's out, so you should yeah. uh, sign up and we'll send you our next round. Yeah, I really want to do that. 
uh, you've got achievements, you've got, you know, you, you just kind of put it all together in one just nom, 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 tasty nom, 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 little nom. buddy <laughs> bundle there. Thank you. Yeah, we're excited about it. Yeah. So we want to keep, keep, keep focused with all of that, too. Um, and I think that's the big key, too. Yes, very tempting to put too many features in something like that, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah, Thank spotting. you for coming on the show, and uh, hopefully people will check out the site at foodspotting.com or follow you on at Twitter, or hopefully uh, do both. What's your Twitter <laughs> handle? Is it at foodspotting? Uh, at foodspotting, yes. Right, at foodspotting.com. Thank you, Alexa. Thank you. Thank you. Take it's care. great to meet you guys. Great to talk to you. Bye. I'm starving, and I just had lunch. So oh, hungry mean. now. mean. I like the food spotting 15. Isn't yeah, that funny? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we all have the food spotting 15. That just that just cracks me up, I tell you. Oh, uh, well, I'm going to stop uh, stop looking at pictures of food and <laughs> start looking at pictures of Amber. It's all right. More fun. All right. You get off that site. It's I can't gain weight looking at Amber. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> it's, good it's a new it's a new rule. One one never gains weight looking at Amber. <laughs> you can just put a picture of me in your office every time you want to eat. You like, oh, now, yeah. now, now. I didn't mean I'd lose weight. I just... Oh, no, 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 no. You just don't make me fat. So, uh, uh, as this would, absolutely. If I, I, I'm, I'm really tempted to do it, but I just... And I have done it a little bit, but I just... I know I would get so fat. Yeah, but you could do it with all the healthy food you're eating. Maybe that would, you oh, know, be fun. Oh, healthy food to, spotting. Yeah, hmm. because if you think about it, if you're, like, getting food from your local takeout place for lunch and you could just kind of share all those pictures, because it'd be neat to really look back at, you know, all of the great healthy... Of food you've been eating, I would right. think. As long as it is. Let's take a well, break and then we're going to get our sight of the night and our video of the night in just a little bit. Actually, it's the, uh, I guess it's the video slash song of the night. Yes. But before we do that, can I remind you about Hover.com? I know you know these guys, Amber. In fact, I was just, I just saw Andy and uh, Sean uh, and um, a bunch of people from Butterscotch. That's another, okay. yeah, they were down at the CES. It's great to see them all. Uh, that's another venture of uh, of the Two Cows family. But Hover is their domain registration. And you probably heard of Domains Direct. That was the that was the original name. But they've redesigned, updated, and made this the simply the best registrar ever. I get notes all the time. In fact, I wish I could I should search for the one I just got yesterday. Uh, I didn't have to ask the guy permission, maybe not. But if you go to hover.com, actually go to night N I G H T hover.com you'll see what i'm talking about a very simple and clean interface already kind of a breath of fresh air from the cluttered interfaces of so many domain name registrars i mean they really so many of them are just you know you can't it's a 50 click process just to get out of the site if you go to night.hover.com you could search for your new domain name you can uh, do they don't they don't do a lot of services it's very straightforward domain forwarding Email forwarding, custom URLs. They don't try to upsell you on privacy because every, every Hover account includes privacy. It's very easy to forward your domains to Hover. I've done, I've done that. I'm still working on it, but uh, I should have done And they have this really great deal, which I don't know what I was thinking about. $25 to forward all your domains. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Uh, transfer them. Should have done it. Been doing it slowly. Pain in the butt. Don't want to do it. Uh, partly because that other domain registrar really doesn't want to let me go. Hmm. wonder why. <laughs> also, they have a great uh, no-hold policy at Hover.com. Uh, if you call for tech support during business hours, they will not put you on hold. 
promise they That's were the resolving. That's the best part I think uh, about it is being able to get in touch with an actual human. Yeah, if I think about how many times I've been put in a hold by those other guys, it's just absolutely painful. Use Hover's domain management to set up email addresses, forward email addresses, re redirect your, uh, your domains to other website addresses, create URL extensions, built-in free privacy, all with fewer clicks and without upsells. I really like that. And it's just so easy to transfer your domains to Hover. It's free to do so. They will charge you 10 bucks, but that gives you another full year of that domain after the uh, normal expiration, the current expiration date. So it, it really is a pretty, a pretty amazing deal. Hover.com. In fact, go to night.hover.com, and when you use the offer code N-I-G-H-T, you'll save 10% right up front, making it an even better deal. Night.hover.com. We love Hover.com. Loves it. I want you to try it today. H-O-V-E-R.com. Your site of the night, Amber MacArthur. Yeah, so uh, the site of the night is something I discovered just yesterday. It's called reface.me. I don't know if you've ever been there before, but it's a place where you can get different Facebook hacks. So, ah. for instance, with the new Facebook profile pages, uh, a lot of people are doing interesting things where they have their image, their actual... Yeah, uh, have you seen mine? ...spread across mm -hmm. multiple... Does yours do that too? I used PicScatter to do it. Okay. Uh, and I, I'll have to try Reface Me. PicScatter is pretty good. If I go to my profile here, you see I've got a long picture. And then, now it doesn't match up because my page, I get an extra line. So, but this will match up and go across. And it's very cool. It's very cool. So yeah. you can do find out how to do things like that on reface.me. Plus, there are a bunch of other hacks. There's also great Facebook news. It really is a destination for Facebook addicts. That's interesting. And for people who want to do something to make their page look more original. So they don't um, do everything. They would point you to, for instance, PicScatter and that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, they point you to a lot of stuff. Got they do it. do some stuff. Um, for instance, if you want to have an upside-down status update, and I have no idea why you would want to do this, <laughs> they do have an upside-down status update generator, of course, um, where you can go and turn your status updates upside-down. Uh, and uh, they, but mostly they point to a lot of different uh, destinations um, and just really have trends as far as what people are doing to hack their Facebook pages. And it's something that I don't really read a lot about. So I was excited to come across the uh, site and see all the wealth of information they have there about Facebook and, and what you can do to, to be original. This is neat. This is really neat. Yeah. I, I, um, I think because of the new uh, profile, a lot of people are doing these interesting things with the, with the profile page. This is the, the one I used. It's very simple. It's called PicScatter. Um, you basically just upload a, a picture to it, and it will create all of the different parts so that it all kind of matches together. Okay. Gotcha. So it makes a long thing. And, and you want to kind of use a picture that will have a horizontal component as well as a, a vertical component. And it works pretty well. It's pretty cool. It's just fun to mess around with your page, you know. It's, it's uh, very, uh, very uh, MySpace-like. It is, but it, <laughs> it looks better. <laughs> it ends up making you look it's just funny. like MySpace. <laughs> Maybe it's the beginning of the end, isn't it? Once, Let's hope not. Once you yeah. have that kind of thing, then you know you're almost done. Refaceme.com. Oh, I'm sorry, Wait, no, reface.me. Reface.me, yep. And finally... Our uh, well, Facebook's in the in the in this in the video of the week as well. I know. You know what? Before we mention this video of the week, I should say that a lot of people wanted us to do. Uh, I think it's Ted Williams, the guy with the golden voice. Oh yeah, uh, that's been done to death. That's been done. That's what I thought. So yeah. I wanted to come up with something different. This is. But really we should acknowledge it. I mean, the Ted uh, Columbus Television Station took a video of this guy who had this great voice, 
Uh, but he was homeless. And uh, then uh, people saw it, and three million people saw it in just a couple of days on YouTube. That commenced a search for the guy. Reddit folks uh, commenced that search and did find him. He did a lot, yeah. I saw him on the Today Show. Uh, he got a job doing uh, Kraft macaroni and cheese. And I guess he's, uh, I mean, good for him. hes uh, I think he's going to do all right. He's on his way up and up. So tell us about this video. That's not Ted Williams. It's not Ted Williams, but uh, it is a new Facebook song. Uh, maybe not as catchy as, uh, is it Rhett and Link, who did, I think, what was, was kind of the, the I don't want to say the original Facebook song, but they got a ton of traction for it. Um, this Facebook song is uh, just really about how uh, people can't live without Facebook, and it's so <laughs> intertwined in our lives. Amber MacArthur is at ambermac.com. That's her blog. You can see her on CP24 with her Web Nation TV show. And do not forget to watch the best-looking video podcast in the world. Uh, it's called Command. And at commandn.tv, and it covers all the latest stuff from the net each and every week. Great to talk to you, Amber. Have a wonderful week. You too, Leo. I Good won't luck be here next week. week. I'll be on Regis and Kelly, so Sarah Lane will be hosting, but I'll be back two weeks hence. And, all right. Uh, we'll see you then. Meanwhile, the Facebook song. I believe this is a song that I wrote called The Facebook Song. Until I find their Facebook profile, that is. <laughs> <laughs>